All right. Nice win. The Jazz finally break the losing streak. Get a little bit of luck, too, and beat the San Antonio Spurs. Let's talk about it. It's the Hoops Nerd Show. All right, guys, before we get into this, let's just give a shout out to our sponsor, Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com right this moment, or at least after the show. Use promo code HoopsNerd, and they will match up to $100. If you haven't signed up yet, go sign up. $100. Bucks, it's free money. You go put the over on Wembenyama blocks, or, or uh, yeah, Wembenyama everything, basically, except they sit him a lot, so he quietly could be a nice under candidate sometimes. But anyways... Go to prizepicks.com and use promo code HOOPSNERD. It supports the channel. I would appreciate it. All right, let's talk about the Jazz. They get their first regular season meeting against Victor Wembenyama. He plays 26 minutes. They do not play him a lot, and they definitely have set resting for him. And it's pretty clear maybe they're okay with losing a lot of games, although that might not always be their choice because this roster for the Spurs sucks. I mean, I think they gave a max to Devin Vassell, and he's a nice shooter, but that's a, you know, nine, I guess, nine rebounds, five assists. But this Spurs team outside of Wembenyama is pretty destitute, pretty bad. I mean, that's what it took for them to get Wembenyama, and they got lucky with the 14% shot, and they got it. And we were calling for it all last, all last year to just lose more games, rest the players, all this. You know, and I, and eventually, and you know, knowing what happened last year, they would have had to do so much more. In fact, maybe we can talk about that a little bit. I'm going to pop out the chat here. Um, Make sure that I'm not missing anything. Okay. I don't believe so. I'll check it in a minute. I haven't seen anything. So let's just talk about the, the, the tank last year, because there's some people online that were saying, oh, the Jazz didn't tank enough, which in hindsight, I do believe the the Jazz could have tanked more. Although after seeing what we did tonight, it looks like things have worked their, themselves out. And I'm actually, I've come around to be just kind of fine with what the Jazz did last year, especially knowing what we're seeing with, with the rookies tonight. Yes, Hendricks, Dre. That's why I think Jazz fans should be more than fine with what the Jazz did. Now, do the Jazz have a top five potential superstar on their team? Probably not. Unless, you know, unless Keontae George turns into Steph Curry, which I, you know, never say never. We've talked about this. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be a very, very nice high-level starter and maybe more. Maybe he's an all-star. I don't know. We'll see. But the potential with him is really good. But he's just a rookie. We've got to let him develop. We also have Taylor Hendricks tonight, who looks like he has a chance to be a special defensive player and a good offensive player in terms of catch and shoot threes and driving to the basket, things like that. Who knows? I mean, these guys just need a chance to develop, but they're looking pretty good. Bryce Sensabaugh is looking like a player. So anyways, the the San Antonio Spurs, when Victor Wembanyama is not on the floor, they are putrid. They're terrible. Let's just talk about what they did. They traded off everything. They did not get what the Jazz did for DeJounte Murray. It is not the same what they got for him that the Jazz are getting. I mean, uh, I'm not exactly sure. Let's see. Upcoming Spurs picks. In fact, let's look at it. Um, Fanspo usually is pretty good. 
Uh, 24, 24, they obviously have their own, and they're very excited about their own uh, pick. They have the Charlotte protected 1 through 14. I This is not going to convey. <laughs> the Hornets are bad, so they're not going to get that. Uh, Toronto protected, protected 1 through 6. In fact, let's look. Ooh, Toronto's pushing for that top six. They might not even get that. That's kind of crazy. So they're going to get more draft picks this year for sure. And then a second round pick. I don't care about second round picks. Uh, 2025, they have unprotected ATL pick. That's pretty interesting because Atlanta's not that great. I think, it, you know, if Atlanta's trading DeJounte Murray, it's going to be for players, not for picks because, you know, they're not going to tank this year. And they still have Trey Young. So this may be a night. This could be a lottery pick. I mean, the. If you look at it, if it was this year, they'd be the number 10 pick. So that's actually pretty good. So pretty nice. No protections. Uh, they have their own in 2025, which they're going to probably be bad again next year. And then 2025, Chicago protected one through 10. That's going to be, that's pretty good pick because Chicago's always in the middle of the road. So they're probably going to get that. So they do have a good amount of picks. Look at this. And then 2026 swap. So they have a good amount of picks, but what? they don't have is anyone else outside of Victor Wembanyama. They don't. They have uh, Devin Vassell. He's a nice player. But Jeremy Sohan has not been as good as I thought he would be. He's just like fine. Uh, and then fine is probably a compliment right now, to be honest. Look at this. 0 for 5. He scored 1.4 rebounds, 3 assists. Come on. And they had hit. They were trying to play point guard, and that's a little bit of a red flag. When you're playing a guy point guard who's obviously not that's a sign that things aren't going well. So they, I believe they traded for Trey Jones. I can't remember. Um, maybe not. I don't know enough about the Spurs. Who knows? But if, I mean, I, I guess that's a bad thing when I'm not even quite sure if Trey Jones was on the Spurs to start the season. <laughs> I thought they traded for him. I can't remember. Sorry. I'm not a Spurs blogger. Uh, so anyways, no one else. Keldon Johnson, look at that, 359. Didn't, I think he might have got injured. I can't remember, but he has not turned out to be that great. You know, Zach Collins is whatever. Jetty Osmond is just kind of languishing there. They have no one. They have nothing. And guess what? The issue for them, uh, for uh, for their coaching staff is, is, are we sure that Pop is still good? You know, are we sure? They haven't really been good for a long time. And they finally decided to just blow it up and tank, and they got lucky like no one else did, obviously, and got Victor Wembanyama. So, and he's a game changer when he's on the floor. Holy smokes, does he change things? His presence inside is wild. He is going to be just one of the best defenders ever. He might be, I mean, for sure, he has a chance to go down as the best. It's crazy how good he is. It's crazy. So they definitely hit with Wembanyama. It's kind of hard for them to be really that bad these upcoming seasons, especially as these guys develop. And if, if pop can coach, I guess, but they have nothing. You compare that to the jazz who have more assets. They just do. And they have players that they can, they can either go in two directions this year. So yes, would it, would you rather have Victor Wembanyama? Yes, you would. Then literally every player on the jazz. Yes, you would obviously, but the Jazz have a position where I think they can be just as big championship contenders if they play their cards right. Uh, the Spurs, I'm not convinced they're going to be championship contenders. What's the path? They are not. I mean, they're going to get a good pick in this draft. Look, they are number three. But congrats. It's a draft that everyone's trying to get out of. 
So you get Nikola Topic, a 6'6 guard. He has a really long neck. That's why he's 6'6". Honestly, there's people that think he's 6'4", 6'5". He's just a giraffe, okay? Uh, Cody Williams is my favorite player in this draft, probably. And, you know, even he's kind of a question mark. So we'll see what they do. It's going to be an interesting... But there's not like a standout superstar on this uh, draft. Actually, if they get Cody Williams, I'm going to be annoyed because he has a chance to be really good. <laughs> that would make me mad. So maybe they do get Cody Williams and, and James cries a lot. But... You know what? I don't know if he's going to be an absolute superstar. He's a younger brother of Jalen Williams. Uh, and that they just don't have a history. Who's like the big time free agency signing they've got, you know, that like changed everything. Who's the who's the player they, you know, what was his name? Um, they got him from the Portland Trailblazers. I can't remember. Uh, I forgot his name and it didn't even pan out. Uh they just have not had a history of that, and so they just have to get really lucky in the draft. They have to get lucky and get Kawhi Leonard again or something like that to go because the last time they got a superstar like this in Tim Duncan, they already had David Robinson, right? And then post that, they go, they get, you know, Tony Parker turned out to be an absolute steal. Manu Ginobili was a steal. They've got to absolutely hit on Hall of Fame talent later in the draft. That's really the only path because Wembenyama is going to keep them from being too bad. I mean, this is the last season we probably see them bottom five. He's just that good. I mean, unless they play him 20 minutes a night, like tonight, are they going to play him 25 minutes a game for three seasons trying to find another player? You know, and maybe they use all these picks to bring on a guy. I know some people have mentioned like, you know, Trey Young maybe to the Spurs or something like that. Or maybe they trade back for DeJounte Murray. But I just, I don't even think those players change them all that much. They'd definitely be outside of the bottom 10 with like Trey Young. But do you really want someone like Trey Young taking the ball out of Wemby's hands? I don't know. It's a tricky road. And maybe they'll figure it out and be great. But right now they're really bad. They are really bad. And so, oh, that's right. Gabriel, thank you. LaMarcus Aldridge. Your best free agent signing ever is like LaMarcus Aldridge, at least in my lifetime. Is that, I mean, and that didn't even work out. That was just like, okay, you know? Uh, so anyways, um, I don't know. I, you know, good for them. They got Victor Weminyama. They are definitely in uh, the the absolute studs from their franchise. And so they, all they have to do is build around him, but it's tough. Ask the Dallas Mavericks who got that guy, right? Ask the Dallas Mavericks how hard it is. So we'll see. All right, let's talk about the Jazz. Uh, I am really excited about what the Jazz have done in the draft and where they are at now and where they're going. Um, first off, it's time to celebrate because the Jazz got another win, finally. And that's one step closer to conveying the pick. It's really frustrating. Chicago beat uh, Chicago beat the, who is it? The New Orleans Pelicans tonight, who are playing really well. It's a nice win for Chicago. Otherwise, the Jazz would have moved to 12. Atlanta also won, so it's nice that Jazz won to keep this number 11 spot and keep conveying that pick to Oklahoma City. Um, again, we've talked about this conveying the pick ad nauseum, but it's very clear the Jazz want to do that and really honestly need to do that while also developing the youth. If they can do both, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, let's see. The Jazz, let's see. So, Larry Markinen tonight. I have been watching Larry Markinen like a hawk. He had a better shooting night tonight, and this was nice to see because four of his last five games to, before tonight were not good. 
they were not good. And I think one thing I'm seeing recently, and look at this, four assists is nice to see, actually. He's kind of, this is actually an evolution we're seeing that's nice to, because when, uh, Larry Markkinen, before kind of the, the midway point of where we're at now in the season, if that makes sense, has been one of the lowest assist guys in the league. I mean, I was looking at cleaning the glass his four or five years before, you know, coming to Utah or whatever it was, and his time with Utah up until about a month or two ago, he is literally like in the fifth to 10th percentile in terms of assisting the ball. He just doesn't get assists before now. Now he's getting like four assists. In fact, you look at his last four or five games, he's putting up like three, four assists. It's pretty cool. In fact, I think he had six assists last game. So that's nice to see. The ball is actually moving out of his hands and getting to other places. And I think in the long run, we're going to see some nice benefits from that. But um, what I am watching from Markinen, and it was a thing I was looking at today. I think I'm going to do a video about this. By the way, I put out a video for members um, because I didn't really love it as like a produced video. I just didn't think it was, it had the the zip that I think was going to draw a lot of crowds. And so I felt like, you know what, this is more of a behind the scenes. And it was more of just like real nerd stuff. And so I made it members only. So if you want to go see that video, it's a 10 minute video on what the Jazz are doing as a franchise. Go join the channel and you can go see it, members only. But anyways, what I'm watching right now with Larry Markkinen is what is he doing to be kind of that number one guy? And I just really don't think that's going to happen. He could pr prove me wrong, you know, but he does not post up the ball very much and he does not shoot a very high percentage from the post. It's actually pretty interesting. He does not do a lot of isolations. He does them and he does them when he has a mismatch, but he's not the best isolation player. I mean, he's actually pretty decent, but that's because he's going up against usually a mismatch and he's just not doing a lot. He is not a big time playmaker with the ball in his hands. But the thing that surprised me the most doing some of the research I am on Larry Markkinen, he is not, and this was actually pretty surprising to me. He is not a pull-up three-point shooter. He's taken, I think something like 28 this season. In fact, I think I have it. Here's post up. No, I don't have it up, so we won't worry about that. But he is not scoring uh, on uh, on uh, pull-up threes. He shoots 21% on pull-up threes. Is that, isn't that kind of surprising? Like You would think that with such a high-level shooter as Larry Markkinen, on those pull-up threes, he would be hitting them at least in the 30s. You know, it, in, interestingly enough, you know who is on the current Jazz roster, the best pull-up three-point shooter is Keontae George, 35%. Interesting, right? But Larry Markkinen shooting it at 21%. It is not very good. In fact, he is like fifth or sixth on the Jazz in that area. He is mo like almost purely a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, which he takes at about 7.5 per game. And the interesting thing about that is he shoots them at 41%, which in my opinion, you know, 41% three-point shooting is great. And that's on a lot of attempts. So you got to remember that that's on volume and as like a number one option. So, you know, that's really good as someone who's being the focal point of defenses as a catch and shoot three-point shooter. It's basically, I mean, in a lot of ways, Larry Markinen is Clay Thompson in a lot of ways. He's kind of that elite shooter but he shoots catch and shoot he's shooting off the ball although clay thompson probably much better pull-up three-point shooter if you actually go look at the numbers what's interesting is markinen's the third best catch and shoot three-point shooter do you know who's the two better above him 
is actually Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is the number one best catch-and-shoot three-point shooter on the Jazz, which is why he needs to take more of them. And the other one is Chris Dunn. <laughs> Did you know that Chris Dunn is the number two catch-and-shoot three-point shooting guy on the Jazz in terms of percentage? He's not taking the volume that Markinen is, but he is number two in percentage. So honestly, Chris, let it fly. Let it fly, Chris Dunn. You are a good... And then number three is Markkinen. So, and Colin Sexton's like 44, 45, something like that. Catch and shoot threes. You would think that Markkinen would be a little bit higher, right? But anyways, that pull-up three-point shot is actually really interesting to me. And I think that shot right there is why I just think he's just going to be a number two for the rest of his career. Now, maybe he improves on that. Maybe this offseason, that's a shot he can add to his game, you know? where he can get the ball, get a pick, come off that pick, and pull up and, and shoot. If Markkinen could do that, that changes a lot of things because he's such a good three-point shooter. Right now, it's 21%. It's just not really his game. And it's interesting to me that he's in year like six or whatever it is. He's he's the, came in the same draft as Donovan Mitchell, I believe. But he is like, I can't remember exactly, but he's not hitting him at a high rate. He doesn't take a lot of them either. It's just not really an element of his game. It's purely catch and shoot. And so he is extremely reliant on every other player on the team to kind of create gravity and get him those shots. And so I just thought that was interesting. Tonight, he had a good night. It's a bad Spurs team, but he finally has a good night three-point shooting. In his last five or six games, it's been a little bit of famine. Five, or, five for eight from three is great to see. Big time reason the Jazz win with seven rebounds, 26 points. He was a plus nine. And also, 10 for 18 from the field. This was nice to see as well. Sorry, guys. Um, but what I've been noticing, too, is I was looking at his paint non-restricted area. So basically in the paint, but not near the rim. It's not high enough. He's shooting like 30-something percent, low 30s in that area in the last five or six games. They're just not falling. And if you're watching the Jazz recently, you probably are noticing it, too. It's not happening. He's got to improve on that shot as well. That's where he was being such a dominant force earlier in the year and last season was when he's knocking down that shot, just getting those that paint area. And because he's so big, he can rise up above and and shoot. Um, so it's just something to watch. I think Markkinen is 100% a number two. And he's absolutely, in my opinion, a power forward. I think that's his most natural spot. He plays the number four. I don't know if he's quite quick enough or has the athleticism really to be a dominant three. In some ways, I think he gets taken advantage of, not necessarily offensively, but defensively when he's at the three spot, because then he's going up against some, especially against the really good teams, he can get taken advantage of by a high-level wing, and they'll go at him. Because he's not he's an average defender, but he's not a great one. Um, he does some things pretty nice. He's a good defensive rebounder. He's got pretty impressive, pretty good rim protection numbers. But he is not a high-level on-ball defender. He's like an average one, which is pretty decent. But you would kind of would like that to be a better spot. Taylor Hendricks. Anyways, those are all my thoughts on Markinen tonight. It's nice to see him have a bounce-back game. It hopefully this kind of leaps him, you know, catapults him into a good series of games. I believe the Jazz are starting to go on the road right now, so things are going to get hairy. They really needed that Charlotte win. That Charlotte win was frustrating. Um, but Utah really needs to go on the road and get some wins if they want to convey this pick. Uh, so anyways, that's my thoughts on Markinen. I just, I think 
the jazz, and this is my next, I'm writing this for SLC Dunk. I'm going to make a video about it. But the Jazz have some decisions to make, kind of with Taylor Hendricks here, because Taylor Hendricks and Larry Markinen both play the four. And uh, Hendricks had an awesome night tonight. I, I mean, the three-point shot is not there. This is going to eventually start falling because we know he can take it and we can he can knock it down. He is going to be really good. But he plays the number four as long as Markinen, as well as Markinen. So this is going to be interesting to watch how this evolves. But the Jazz obviously want to see how this looks for the rest of the season. Anyways, Taylor Hendricks was a big part of this Jazz win tonight. Look at this, plus 12 for him. And he truly earned that positive plus minus. He was four for eight from the field. And that's with one for five shooting from three. So he made every bucket, every two-point shot he took, he made. Those are like putbacks. He had that drive and dunk. He only had three rebounds tonight, but part of that is because the Jazz are an elite rebounding team. You get seven from Markinen, eight for Collins. And you know what? He had six personal fouls, but the reason was he was guarding Wembenyama. And he guarded Wembenyama pretty darn well. Wembenyama shoots just 52% from the field, 33% from three. There were not easy dunks to be had because of Hendricks. And still Wembenyama did well. But Hendricks really showed he has a chance to be an absolute game changer defensively holy smokes he can do everything defensively he truly is going to make himself i mean there's going to be a point where it's going to be just this guy is you can't take him off the floor he's just too good defensively and on offense it's pretty rough but it's getting smoother he's getting he's doing dribble handoffs and things like that he's driving when he has an open lane dunking it he's getting offensive rebounds putbacks and the thing that's pretty exciting is we know he can shoot the three. This is going to come around. He's just barely, he's got to have a little bit of, you got to have a little bit of grace with this guy because he's just barely starting. But once this starts falling, once he gets comfortable and starts knowing his shots, getting to his spots on, on the three-point line, knowing what to do, this is going to start falling. And holy smokes, is he going to be a crazy plus-minus player? Because he absolutely, he can guard one through five. He really can. In fact, maybe that's the answer. Eventually, if Taylor Hendricks gets the strength, does he just become the Jazz's starting center? I mean, that would be pretty interesting. And I think what we've seen these... I mean, he was guarding Wembenyama in the post and held up. He stood up Wembenyama. I mean, it's pretty exciting what to... That's pretty big, big-time stuff, guys, because sometimes you don't know, and that's why the Jazz are playing them, because you don't know what you have until he gets on the floor. What you don't know, now you know. He can guard centers. He could guard Victor Wembanyama. Is he strong enough to stand up to the Embiid's and the Jokic's yet? No. But you know what? Not many are. They can't even guard each other. <laughs> right? And so, kind of exciting. Kind of exciting what's going on here. Where you, at some point here, might be able to slide him over to the center spot. Especially with backup units. Holy smokes pretty exciting to think about what can kind of happen with this team taylor Hendricks, uh but yeah so i have i'm just pretty darn excited you know is he the is he a high level bald handler no not yet at least maybe he can why not never say never uh but it certainly looks like he's going to be one of those guys that's like a three and d uh four that can shoot can defend all five positions he's a unique player I think one of the things I probably was a little off with because I wasn't extremely excited with the draft pick, but I was fine with it because I understood what they're doing, 
is I didn't realize how versatile he was defensively. Defensively is what got me, is getting me pretty excited because he truly can guard one through five. And as an as a weak side shot blocker, he's pretty darn impressive. I mean, him playing that four spot is going to be fun for a long time. And by the way, the fact that they had him guarding Wembenyama, he was the best on the floor tonight guarding Victor. He was, just flat out. And he is going to get tough assignments like that when you're going up against a star big. He's going to get a lot of assignments like that. Now, I don't know if he can hold up against the Embiid's and Jokic's, but like I said, who can? Who can? Uh, you know, Wembenyama couldn't hold up with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid made sure it was clear Wembenyama could not uh, withstand, you know? And so it's pretty interesting. Ah, let's see. I missed a super chat up here. Uh, way to break the losing streak. Christian House money to Haas. Yes. It is nice to end the, the freaking losing streak. Two of those games the Jazz should have won. $9 Australian. My man is secretly Ricebe. Absolutely the man from down under. $9 for Hendricks. Nine points. Keep up the great work, James. Much love from Australia. Man, thank you so much. Absolutely, thank you so much, Asikali. And you're one of the all-stars. Unbelievable. Thank you. I'm so excited about Hendricks, and I think every Jazz fan should be as well. He is looking more and more and more like a regular rotation player that you need on the floor. I mean, honestly, at the end of the game, when Wembenyama was in and the Spurs were going on a run, it was like, please bring in Taylor Hendricks. We need someone to guard Wembenyama. And the Jazz did immediately. He gets a stop on Wembenyama in the post, you know, immediately. He fouled out because some of the fouls they were calling on him guarding Wembenyama are kind of like, are we going to let anyone guard him? Is this, I mean, are you kidding? Uh, but he did a great job. He fouls out because he's guarding, you know, one of the tougher assignments in the league in Wembenyama and great stuff. John Collins, I tell you what, 20 points. Eight rebounds. I didn't love that he challenged Wembenyama twice at the beginning of the game, and both times he got rejected. Uh, so live and learn. It was welcome to v Victor Wembenyama to John Collins, but Collins played pretty well. He was three for six from three, so he might be out of that kind of that three-point shooting slump tonight. 50%. Perfect from the free throw line, eight rebounds, and he was a plus 18. John Collins has played pretty well. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that love to hate on Collins, and, you know, they want walker kessler to play and i i want walker kessler to be dominant and play well too but john collins is playing better he just is i mean there's advanced stats there's raw stats and then there's just watching the game and watching john collins play uh big boy basketball john collins rebounds in traffic john collins is tough john collins can spread the floor he did it tonight three for six from three it's a five out spread this Jazz starting lineup is pretty fun. And I I tell you what, man, I keep, I mean, every single time we talk about this and every single time I look at what the Jazz are doing, every single transaction, I talked it about in my video, literally every single thing the Jazz are doing. Well, there's two things and let's talk about it a little bit because it's live and we can go as long as I want. So I'm going to go long. In terms of the front office. So there's two things, two trends we're seeing. The front office and the coaching staff. The front office, literally every single move from the time Danny Ainge has come in has been bringing on distressed assets to see if they have a player they can eventually trade or use. It literally started with Daniel House, the first move, that, the first significant move Dan, Danny Ainge makes. Daniel House, 
just picked him up off the scrap heap, and he became a pretty decent player for the Jazz immediately. Every single move, whether it was, you know, trading Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they traded away veterans, good players for draft picks and distressed assets. You know, Laurie Markkinen was a distressed asset. His contract is not even guaranteed next year. That's why that's where he was at two years ago when he signed his contract, right? He was a distressed asset. They turned him into an all-star. He's a borderline all-star this season. He's kind of taken a step back in some ways, but they picked him up. They picked up Colin Sexton in the same trade, distressed asset. He's turned into a nice rotation player. Took a couple seasons, but he's there. He's really nice for this Jazz team. Uh, Chris Dunn was on the scrap heap. He was in on the G League. They had a 10-day contract. He's now playing rotation minutes and a big-time part of what they do. Uh, you know, the only one from the past is Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is the only player from the former regime, and he's getting traded this offseason, according to Tony Jones, I guess. So, pretty crazy. Uh, Walker Kessler, draft pick. Bryce Sensbot, draft pick. These are all players. You're either a... So they're either distressed assets or draft picks. John Collins, a distressed asset the Jazz got for nothing from Atlanta. And they're playing him. And we know that, you know, potentially the Jazz are going to just trade these distressed assets. I don't know if they're going to trade Markkinen, but John Collins was borderline trade rumor in a lot of different scenarios. And I think they're going to keep him because the Jazz, you know, the front office is doing all these things to bring on distressed assets and young players. And I think the Jazz, I mean... The signs are there, guys, that they are going to trade. They are probably going to trade Colin Sexton, J Jordan Clarkson. And I don't know if they'll... They might even trade Walker Kessler. They traded Ochai Baji because they felt like he wasn't developing. And if there's one person that doesn't look like he's developing right now, it's Walker Kessler. I feel bad because I love the guy and I love his personality and his attitude and everything. But man, is it rough sometimes. Good defensively, but offensively, oof, brutal. And we know that the Jazz want to do a five-out offense. So that brings us to the other thing. Every move the Jazz are making is to have a five-out offense. So we have a front we have a front office that is doing everything they can to, to get draft picks, draft players, play those drafted players, distressed assets, and either play those distressed assets to either trade them or make them a part of the future. It's going to be pretty monumentally interesting to see what happens with Larry Markkinen. Uh, but you know, what's interesting. The jazz traded, um, Simone Fontecchio, who was a distressed asset, an older rookie. I guess you can, you don't have to say distressed asset. He's just an older rookie that they, uh, upped his trade value. His rookie season was pretty rough and they turned him into a rotation player, got a second round pick, a high second round pick for him. It's probably going to be pick 31 or 32. And then they traded Kelly Olynyk because they, you know, I guess you could consider him a distressed asset or whatever. Basically, it's the culmination of the Boyan Bogdanovich trade being traded for a draft pick. And then they traded Ochai Baji because it wasn't really working. And so now they have two draft picks, which, in, interestingly enough, could replace Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson after this draft happens. Two draft picks. These two players were both big-time trade deadline candidates, Sexton and Clarkson. So there are some signs, guys, that this Jazz team is going to go completely young next year. That's why I keep banging this drum and I could be a, completely wrong but literally every single sign is that they are going to do that including all the trade rumors and in fact we even heard trade rumors about marketing and I had some thoughts about that and I'm going to just share them with you tonight you guys can tell me what you think if you think I'm crazy if you think I'm dumb whatever let me know in the comments but this is just my thoughts
we heard that Larry Markkinen wasn't untouchable. That was that was the rumor that kind of sent shockwaves a little bit. And that didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, there were teams that were talking and setting up things. And then I think what happened, this is what I think happened. I don't know if no one's told me this. I think what happened is they just realized the assets weren't out there. So the Jazz were asking for a crazy amount, which basically would have been just been Oklahoma City. That's like the only team that could have done it. But maybe the amount they're asking for can be hit this offseason. Why? Because certain teams might have more available draft picks. There weren't a lot of draft picks out there to be traded. But could you imagine if the Jazz trade Donovan Mitchell? I mean, did anyone when they traded Donovan Mitchell think that they would have been just absolutely dying to keep Larry Markin and that he would have been an all-star? You would have been losing your mind. They wouldn't have done the trade if they'd have known Markkinen would have been as good as he is. Maybe they would have, but they wouldn't have given us the picks they did. Uh, no one thought that. So now they turn that in. That Donovan Mitchell trade, if they trade, and I'm not saying they are going to, I think they might actually just rest him a lot next year, kind of like OKC did with Shea, so they can get a strong wing to play with these guys. But I think Larry Markinen, I don't think it's crazy to think they might sniff around again. Because more teams are going to have more access to their draft picks. A lot of the holds and things will come off. And there are going to be teams out there with the potential to make a move. What if OKC just completely, like, you know, flunks and loses in the first round? They might say, you know what? We don't want to waste Shea. We don't want to waste this timeline. Let's sign and trade marketing somehow. Boom. There's a big-time trade. And the Jazz will ask for a ton of picks. We'll see. Uh, so I think it's interesting. But the other thing that makes that I think is interesting with all of this is I think Walker Kessler might be a, a stealth trade candidate next year. Why? Well, because everything the Jazz, and I talked about in this in my video, everything the Jazz have done, by the way, did we just get a new all-star? Nathan Burkhart. Holy smokes. Burkhart. Burkhart. We got to come up with a uh, we got to come up with a nickname guys. We got a new all-star on our hands. Nathan Burkhardt, baby. Welcome to the All-Stars. I want to finish this thought cuz I think it's an important thought and then I'm going to we're going to we're going to give Nathan his flowers and his nickname. Think of nicknames, guys. Think of nicknames. I want them in the chat because we got to get a nickname for Nathan. All right, but anyways. So that's what I'm thinking with the front office. It's just all signs are pointing to that. And, you know, we've already, I, we don't need to go over it again. Maybe we will eventually, but the Jazz have their pick swaps in 2026 that they lose if they don't uh, convey this pick. And who probably doesn't want that to happen? Danny Ainge, who got Jason Tatum with a pick swap from Brooklyn, right? Big time, big time greatness. Nate the Great Burkhart. I like that. Nathan Allhart. I was thinking something. That's pretty good. Braveheart, Allhart. All the heart, that's pretty great. Nate the Great, all Nate, Nate the Great Braveheart. <laughs> uh, but anyways, everything the Jazz done have done with their starting unit and how they want to play and style of play has been with a stretch five. I talked about this in the member video. Go watch it. I went through it. They have been playing John Collins over Walker Kessler. And the big thing for this Jazz team has been what? Playing the rookies? Absolutely. Why isn't Kessler starting then? If it's about developing for the future, 
why isn't Kessler starting? I think it's a big time sign that Kessler might be on the trade block. I and I talked about this in another video. I had a Grizzlies fan come and tell me, would you take uh, if we if the Jazz want convey their pick? Let's say the Jazz fall to ten, and Memphis comes to the Jazz and says, we'll trade you our pick for yours if you want to take our pick. And he was at they were at the four at that point. They're at the six now. Would you trade Walker Kessler to Memphis for the six? You know? I don't know. But I do think that's interesting. Why haven't they been playing Kessler if they, you know, because they're playing Hendricks, they're playing Keontae, they're playing Bryce Sensabaugh. And I guess, you know, Walker Kessler's coming off the bench. But wouldn't you want to see Kessler next to Hendricks if you want to see the future? If he's part of the future, right? It's just a little the alarm sound red flag emoji <laughs> right right isn't that weird am i am i wrong what it tells me and by the way there's more evidence they are playing john collins they want a five out they want a five out offense it's a big deal to them remember remember they almost had Kristaps porzingis they were going to bring on Kristaps Porzingis with this team. And that was last year post-Rookie of the Year campaign for Walker Kessler. By the way, he should not have gotten that Rookie of the Year vote. That was a silly vote. But anyways, uh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? He was really good. That's why he won third place Rookie of the Year voting. But they went after they went after Kristaps Porzingis anyway, right? It's interesting. They want to play with a five-out offense. They want guys who can protect the rim and shoot the ball. Taylor Hendricks, type of player. He might be the future center. Who knows? Maybe he can develop into that. I don't know. Maybe. But I just think it's interesting. They're not playing Walker Kessler when they're putting Hendricks in that starting lineup. And honestly, they've been right to do it. He's been playing well. It's actually starting to look pretty good. So I just think that's an interesting... I just think that's an interesting development. I think he's quietly, um, in fact, I might, I probably need to make a video about that, but I think he's quietly a trade candidate for the Jazz, right? He's not, he's not been playing particularly well tonight. He was four for five, but man, he, his body language sometimes, he just gets so down on himself. And I agree. I mean, three block shots, he played well defensively. I think there's going to be a lot of teams out there that would be really interesting. What if the Jazz get something nice? I don't know. I mean, is there a team in this draft that might be willing to take on Walker Kessler? I mean, maybe even San Antonio. I don't know. They might be willing to put Wembenyama next to Kessler and give us the number three pick. I don't know. I don't know, but I certainly would think about that. Uh Two dollars, one ninety nine from Dirty Jazz Car Wash Channel. Jazz win and losing streak comes to an end. Yes, baby, you are right, Dirty Jazz. And then, um, oh, <laughs> real deal. There we go. I almost forgot. Real deal. You're brand new, Lars. Real deal, Lars Jarvin and Nathan Butnett. Bert, Nathan Butnett. That's pretty good. Nathan Butnett Burkhart. Oh my gosh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. Um, nickname for Nate. 
Let's do Nathan for net. Nathan but net. Burkhart, that's pretty good. Um, Nate the Great. Let's see. Why did I capitalize Burkhart? <laughs> Nate the Great, Burkhart. Let's see. Nathan Butnett. That's really pretty good. Uh, Braveheart. I liked. That just came to mind. Talking about that dragon, baby. Uh, ain't nothing but a thang Burkhart. <laughs> Real deal, Lars. You're coming up with some great ones here. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Anything. Nate plays with heart, Burkhart. Nate plays with heart. Plays with Burkhart. There we go. That's pretty fun. All right. I'm starting the poll. Put your votes in, baby. This is for Nate. Dirty Jazz Car Wash Channel 499. Can you put member leak in chat? Want to read by member? <laughs> Dirty Jazz, we do this all the time. <laughs> it's just go to go to the go to um, my YouTube, go to Hoops Nerd, go to the channel. And if you go to the join tab, go look for the join tab. You can go there for sure. But 499, super great. Dirty Jazz, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, How's this how's this poll going? Nathan Butnett with a big time lead. Holy smokes. A few Nate the Greats out there. Keep voting. Keep voting. Are these polls members only? I guess you gotta join if you want to vote. This ain't no democracy. This is a autocracy, oligarchy, stupidocracy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyways, that's my thoughts. I think Walker Kessler might be traded this offseason because I don't know if he's part of the future. They're not playing him. I mean, they're playing him back up and they're probably hoping that he can just earn that start. But, uh, um, um, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. All right. Nathan, Butnett Burkhart, baby. I think that's it. I think, uh, I think, you know, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, uh, BBC, uh, all of these are closed. They're calling it. I've seen enough. New York Times, whatever. It's Nathan Butnett Burkhart. Congrats to Nathan Butnett Burkhart. You are now a part of the All-Stars. I love it. Isaac Harlan, welcome to Starter. We got a start. We got a rotation player on our hands. Everyone welcome, welcome Isaac Harlan. Welcome Isaac Harlan to the Starters. The second tier. We don't have a lot of starters out there. So welcome to the team, Isaac. Freaking awesome. Welcome to the team. Just remember, All-Star is where you get the, the credit and the nickname. But anyways, thank you, Isaac. You're incredible. I really appreciate it. Um, all right, let's go back through. So Colin Sexton, we talked about it. One of the things that's really nice with this Jazz team is they have a five-out offense, and one of the players that really benefits from it is Colin Sexton. You could really see the impact of Victor Wembanyama on Colin Sexton this game. And basically everyone, Victor Wembanyama is going to be great. He really, truly is. He's going to be incredible. The question for the Spurs is, can they build enough around him? Um, but uh, you could just see how it just, it made the Jazz into a jump shooting team. And they're not that elite at that yet. 
And so that's why the Jazz had time had times they were struggling. But you know what was interesting tonight? The Jazz played pretty darn good defense. And I know the Spurs suck. They can't shoot the ball, so that helps. But Utah played good defense. Uh, they created turnovers. In fact, how many turnovers did they have? Uh, 20 turnovers for them. That's a bad team doing that. Utah had 17. <laughs> Utah still found a way to turn the ball over a lot. But Isaac, what's up, baby? I love, I love that you're here. Thank you for being a part of the show. Um, but anyways, I, I don't have a lot to say other than that Colin Sexton played pretty well tonight. Look at that. Eight free throws. I love his tenacity. Uh, ten assists for Colin Sexton. How about that? Did you expect Colin Sexton to be putting up ten assists earlier in the season? That's my favorite thing about Colin Sexton is just how he's evolved. And I just kind of expect solid things from him. And by the way, we talked about it earlier. Give credit to Colin Sexton. Number one catch-and-shoot three-point shooter on the Jazz. He should shoot more of them. Oh, Dirty Jazz, welcome back to All-Star, baby. There it was. You got it. You got it, my friend. You got it. Keontae George, he had a bad shooting night tonight, just flat out. But he had six six assists. He challenged Wembenyama a couple times and got rejected. Um, he did One of them, he did make it. But I think, I think the kid just was super confident, and he'll adjust. <laughs> Victor Wembanyama is crazy. I can't even imagine trying to score and him just completely throwing off every element of your game. You know, he honestly kind of took out took out Keontae George's floater game, which is surprisingly pretty good. In fact, I need to look at his paint non-restricted area uh, shooting. Pretty good, I bet. Honestly, I bet it's pretty good. Um, who knows? Maybe it's just my bias because you guys know I'm a big Keontae fan. But one steal, one block. I'm going to say pretty good. And 11, 11, uh, plus 11 for Keontae George. Pretty darn nice. In fact, 30 minutes. That's trust from the head coach, by the way. Uh, but the shot wasn't quite falling tonight. But I tell you what, give this kid some time. And man, is he going to be so nice. Just so nice. He just kind of demands time on the floor. So let's see. Chris Dunn. Platinum Edge, did you just join for All-Star? Let's see. Nathan Burkhart, welcome to All-Star. Dirty Jazz, welcome back. Dirty Jazz, oh wait, let's see. Welcome to Starter, to Isaac Harlan. I'm not seeing it. Um, Platinum Eagles? I don't know. I don't know, my friend. Did you join All-Star? I don't know. Um, let me see. In fact, let me just check because we're going to have to refresh with new All-Stars, baby. Nothing but... Was it Nathan but net? That's right. <laughs> that is Nathan but net. That's pretty freaking good. That is really freaking good. Platinum Eagles. Yeah, it didn't show it. That's weird. Guys, guess what? We have another All-Star tonight. Holy smokes. All right, Platinum Eagles. That's pretty darn good name already. Uh, 21 votes. Yeah, all right. Well, Platinum Eagles, I'm glad you said you are part of the All-Star. Why didn't it show that? That's weird. It's not showing. It's way weird. Uh, all right, Platinum Eagles. I'm already thinking Fly Eagles Fly. Some comments here. Everyone put in some ideas for Platinum Eagles. We need We need a nickname platinum jazz put the names in the chat to come up with some nicknames we got to come up with the best and we're gonna vote on this idiocracy of my channel 
<laughs> All right. Um, one of the things, uh, we are assembling the dream team. That is right. The best jazz fans out there. You know what? Philadelphia Eagles are your favorite NFL team. Isn't that fly Eagles fly, baby? Fly Eagles fly. If you like it, all right. No vote necessary. Today it's now it's a dictatorship. We're changing ideologies by the second. We are now dictatorship. Uh Fly Eagles Fly. Platinum Eagles. That's the nickname. I like it. Fly Eagles Fly, Platinum Eagles. Welcome to the channel, by the way. Thank you so much for supporting my man. I appreciate it. Every one of you that supports this channel is incredible. I appreciate it a ton. A ton. Fantastic. All right. We're to Chris Dunn. My, that steal and dunk. Look at this. He was perfect from the field. Perfect from the He only plays 20 minutes a game because I think you can only stand so much greatness in one game, right? You can only stand so much awesomeness, greatness, swag, all of it. You can only handle so much. And Chris Dunn is absolutely just <laughs> one of my favorite players ever. I really, truly love Chris Dunn. And, you know, he, in some ways, you can almost, I mean, he's only a, a five. So there must have been, I think there's stuff, look at that, four steals. It was almost like Junior Jazz, and it was like unfair to this G League Spurs team. But Chris Dunn is awesome, and I just love having him on the Jazz. He makes me so happy. And... You know, the one contract I think I'm predicting is Larry Markin in this offseason, although I think it's like 75%. I think there is a 25% possibility of a trade if the, jazz, if the Jazz are trying to tank. And I don't know if tank is the word. It's more develop the youth. But anyways, I think Chris Dunn is 100% going to get a contract from the Jazz this offseason. 100%. Right? I Even if he doesn't play, his leadership, his mentality... He's a coach on the floor in some ways. He's just like pure positive energy and greatness and such a cool story. So, you know what? And also he's perfect from the field. And he's the number two catch and shoot three-point shooter on the Jazz. Shoot him more, Chris. Chris, shoot the ball. Shoot the three. Shoot the three, Chris, because you're good at it. At least catch and shoot. Maybe not pull up, but catch and shoot. He's pretty good at it. Jordan Clarkson gave me a heart attack this game. He had 10 assists. You look at the stats, 22 and 10. So he was pretty good. And he was a plus 21, actually. So he had the best plus minus of anyone on the team. So Jordan Clarkson, you know, the eye test, sometimes the eye test doesn't always matter because <laughs> there were a few times with him where he was driving me nuts. But 22 and 10 for Clarkson, four for eight from three, solid game. He is going to get traded this offseason. That's kind of the report. That's kind of the what's out there. He was big time in trade rumors before trade deadline. I'd say 99% chance he gets traded this offseason. And he's going to get something nice for the Jazz. Is it going to be huge? I don't know. There's going to be a team out there that wants him. And they're going to trade for him because they get a few years of it. And the Jazz probably get a nice first round pick out of it. So I'm pretty excited to see what that is. Uh, but Jordan Clarkson played nice tonight. You got to give him credit. Walker Kessler was struggled offensively, although he did have some nice um, dunks, you know, reversals. They're pretty easy shots to make, but he did make them. He doesn't really have a game outside of dunking the ball and kind of laying it in, and he's got his reverse dunk that, uh, that I like, and it's great. Anytime Walker Kessler dunks the ball, I'm happy because sometimes it's like 
can you just freaking cram that ball, Walker Kessler? You're like seven foot plus. And like we said last time, those of us from the Shire are so jealous of you and your ability to be this tall, like all the other Daikinis. And I want to see you dunk that ball. Shack it. Lift your legs in the air. Scream. You are a, a tall man, an athletic tall man. Dunk the ball. Two-hand it. Force them to foul you, you know? Um, so anyways, uh, I just want to see that. And so it's nice to see four for five from Kessler. He gets so down on himself. But six rebounds, uh, two assists, three block shots. It was a solid night for Walker Kessler. Defensively, he was very good. And one of the things I thought was really fun was watching him next to Taylor Hendricks. That was a pretty interesting lineup. That was just, uh, uh, that was fun to watch. And it's an interesting lineup, possibly of the future, you know? All right, let's see. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh, all of a sudden looking like a player. Two for three from the field, one for one from three. Five points. He had just one turnover, but I felt like his defense was pretty good. You know, he had an assist, three rebounds. There's something about him. I think the Jazz have a player because he's got pretty good size. He's he's at least 6'5", but he looks, he looks pretty big to me out there. He can absolutely shoot the ball. I mean, there. I think Tony Jones was talking about it, but a lot of people in the draft talked about him as the third best shooter in the draft, if not one of the best in terms of just pure shooters as like catch and shoot three. The guy can shoot the ball. Absolutely. So it was nice to see that. And the more the Jazz can get him, him a chance to shoot the ball, the better. And he has like the potential to become like a pull-up three-point shooter, which then obviously takes him into another level of player. You know, things get pretty interesting with the, when he can do that. The thing that was pretty nice was that he played defense. He's playing hard. I watched him a little bit on the defensive end. He looks like he kind of stands there a little bit at times. You want to see him engaged. But you know what? He's giving effort, and he's trying, and that's half of it. You know, and then you just need time to, to you know, I don't know. And at some point, you just got to, and he needs to just get in elite shape. You can tell that he's probably got five to 10 pounds. He could probably drop and just get into like, if he goes into this offseason and he takes things seriously and loses some, you know, just some, some body fat and gets into just like peak elite form, he has a chance to be a really nice player. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the ceiling is there, but there is something there, you know, I guess it'll be fun to see if he can turn into anything. Um, I think that is for the most part it. it was fun to fun to oh my gosh we gone 54 minutes tonight <laughs> long show but we had multiple all-stars join I'm freaking excited how cool is this yep we got fly eagles fly and Nathan but net that is <laughs> that's some good we're getting better at the all we're getting better at the the nicknames guys you're doing a great job it's why you're the elite of the elite. So I guess, you know what? Maybe we'll end with a final thought and then let's just tankathon. We're at the 11, so we don't need to do this, although just for fun. San Antonio, of course, they win the number one. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I just think this Jazz team has two ways they can go this offseason, and they can 100% choose either way. I think if they go young, they'll lose a lot of games next year, and I think that might be what they want to do. Because this next year's a good draft. Next year's a good draft. And I actually think that's what they're doing. I just I have not seen anything they have done that makes me think they're gonna do anything else. 
I mean, what have we seen that makes you think they're going? I mean, they did trade for John Collins, but you know, and I know in the same thought that you know, Tony Jones apparently said that you know they're going to trade Jordan Clarkson, but also said there was some player they were sixty percent in on a trade with that wasn't out there. Well, I don't know who that is, but you know, the Jazz aren't making these trades unless they're you know getting someone they know is long term, and uh, I don't know. I just I think this Jazz team is going to, uh, I think that trade, whatever that trade was, it obviously kind of affected things, and I think they're going to go bad. I, You know, the Jazz have tried to make some trades already, and it's fallen through. You know, they're not trading these big-time picks unless they're getting a big-time player. That's one thing about Danny Ainge. He's not going to make a trade if it doesn't match. He's not going to overspend. And, I, you know, I was talking to some friends about Luka Doncic, and, you know, I, I, I guess I don't understand why people... Just think that the Dallas Mavericks are going to trade Luka Doncic to the Jazz just because they have the most assets. I mean, would if you had Luka Doncic, would you trade Luka Doncic? I mean, you you know the Spurs aren't trading Wembenyama, so you're kind of just depending on Luka Doncic to decide he hates Dallas. I mean, maybe, but it's post rookie contract at this point. So if you trade for Luka Doncic, you're getting him for like two years. And you're going to trade the entire farm for two years of Luka Doncic? You better win, you know? And so I I just don't really see it. I think this Jazz, I just don't see it. And maybe I'll be wrong. And maybe uh, I'll be disappointed. It certainly happened before. But I think this Jazz team's going young this up, upcoming season. I think it's capture the flag. Or it's looking for an ace in the hole with Ace Bailey. Go look up Ace Bailey highlights. <gasps> oh my gosh, he looks good. So it's either capture the flag or ace in the hole, baby. And that's what I want next next offseason because both those guys would be really great. Also, Ron Harper's kid, uh, I forgot his name, looks pretty good. He'd be really nice next to uh, Keontae George in the future. Pretty freaking cool. Uh, man, there's just a lot. And then, of course, following is Cam Boozer. We just had Boozer in town. No one knows Utah better than, out of in the NBA than Carlos Boozer, and his kids are great. So maybe Carlos would be fine with Cam coming to Utah. Let's get him to Utah. Can we not have a reunion of C. Booze? I want another – we want to pull out our Boozer jerseys, right? Wouldn't that be cool to pull out your Boozer jersey for Cam Boozer? from Carlos that would be amazing actually <laughs> that would be my favorite of all the things that would be super by the way Cam Boozer is looking like number one overall pick he looks remarkable so all right let's see um got it you know what I was doing I pulled I started playing Civilization 6 again and it screwed up my screen I had to reset my computer and I lost <laughs> Although I love Civilization VI. I don't know if you guys play that game. I love that game. Let's see. One second. Dang it. I didn't realize this wasn't up. All right. Here we go. I love this song, by the way. This is my song forever. I hope you guys like this song. All right. All right, let's give a shout-out to the All-Stars tonight. Two new All-Stars in the All-Star shout-out. We're up to 20, baby. All right, let's give it to Nathan Butnett, Burkhardt, Dirty Jazz, Car Wash Channel, Fly Eagles, Fly Platinum Eagles. Oh. 
Real deal. I almost forgot. My gosh. Real deal. Lars Jarvanen. Ryan Perry, the legends. Just Buckets, JB. Baby Elliot Madsen. Uh, Christian House Money to Haas. The outlaw Jesse James Nelson. Ezekiel Ricebe, the man for now under. See ya, Lexalator. Built Ford Tough, Alexander Tufts. Jorge Arrizaga, Mimigo de Abajo. Jordan, the GOAT best role. TGD, total game domination. Tyson Price, the price is right. Austin Argrant, editor extraordinaire. KG10 to TH5. DW to CB. Patrick Google, the connoisseur. And Robert, Hall of Fame. Oh, wait, I got that wrong. Patrick Google, the connoisseur. And then Robert Hall of Fame, the OG. Everyone, thanks for being a part of the channel. This was the longest ones we've done since the draft show. If you're a jazz fan and you haven't already, like and subscribe to the channel, and you can just support the channel by joining. Go to pricepicks.com. Use promo code HoopsNerd, guys. I will talk to you next time. <laughs>